Some of you wondered what my spiritual disciplines were during my sabbatical. You asked me what books I read, if I went on prayer retreats, you know, basically that I do a lot of preachy pastor stuff. And my response to all of you has been the same. My primary spiritual discipline on my sabbatical was I hit the gym hard. As you can tell, I've become a real mountain of a man. You guys are going to have to buy me new pre-shirts because I'm growing out of these ones. But in all seriousness, I went to the gym a lot because I had time to. And it was great because for the first time in my life, I learned how you actually get strong. Now, I've shared this with you before, uh, but where I grew up in rural Indiana, like the worst thing you could be as a man was scrawny, and I was scrawny, right? So I started going to the gym when I was a young guy, and I could go to the gym twice as much as all of the country boys that I went to high school with and later college with, and I just never could get stronger. I could only get slightly less weak than them. And at the ripe age of 37, I finally learned what I'd been doing wrong for so long. As it turns out, conventional wisdom on getting strong, I'm not talking about getting big. Those are different things. I learned that over the summer. Some of you know I have a very obsessive personality and Laura said, oh, is this the new thing you're obsessed with? I said, exactly, that's 100% right. It's 100% the new thing I'm obsessed with. How you get strong is definitely not how you get big. Uh, and, and it's pretty simple. And the way I learned it was because I finally found someone to teach me. My two Gimleys in my life, as I affectionately call them, Derek Roberts and Andrew Winnegar, which, you know, Gimli from Lord of the Rings, short, stocky, giant guy. Yeah, they're my Gimleys. <laughs> I'm more of a, I don't know what I am, the tree people. Um, <laughs> uh, they taught me to say, hey, you got to listen to this guy named Mark Ripito. Mark Ripito is this angry old man, and all roads lead back to him. Everybody knows he's the guy who knows what he's talking about, but he's just this angry old, get off my lawn, everyone's dumb but me, old man. And he's like totally right on most things. So basically, I learned how you actually get stronger. You, you, you lift heavy weights at low reps. You don't do a lot of reps. 10 reps is dumb. Don't do 10 reps. That's dumb. Don't do it. You only do compound lifts. So I only did squats and deadlifts and bench press and overhead press. That's it. You rest an egregious amount of time between sets, like three minutes which is just painfully long. You're in the gym so long. And then when you're not in the gym, you eat an uncomfortable amount of food. That's what I had to learn. You have to eat an uncomfortable amount of food and drink a lot of whole milk, a whole lot of whole milk, more whole milk than I ever thought I could ever drink <laughs> and sleep a lot and don't lift very much. You only lift three days a week. And if you do that, and you add weight every time, you'll lift way more than you ever thought you could. And you know, 37-year-old Tim could put 23-year-old Tim to shame, even though 23-year-old Tim was on legal steroids called being in your 20s. Uh, <laughs> so this summer, I actually learned, okay, this is how you actually get strong, as you can all tell, and you've all, you know, been saying, wow, Tim's going to become an Acts 29 megachurch pastor before we know it. <laughs> I threatened I was going to start doing my hair thing. I didn't do that. Uh, but you all know I got my nose job and, you know, all the other stuff. So, all right. So what, what point am I making here? I, in the, all the silliness. I learned how to do something I never thought I could do. 
because I found a teacher that actually knew what he was talking about. And I just submitted myself to him. I took my brain out of the equation. I said, I'm not going to like fiddle with this. I'm not going to figure it out on my own. I'm going to do what Mark Ripito says, even though I really don't like whole milk and I don't like resting between says, I'm going to do it and see what happens. And as it turns out, the guy actually knew what he was talking about. So often in life, we just need good guides to show us what to do. And we need the integrity to follow through with doing it. And we'd experience growth in our lives. We'd experience growth in our careers if we just had somebody to tell us how to grow in our profession. And we had the integrity to follow through, we'd grow. As parents, if we just had somebody that could help us guide us. And, you know, they had kids similar to our kids and they had a similar stage of life as us. And we actually did what they said. We'd probably actually experience growth. And in our spiritual lives, we all need guides to tell us what to do to show us the direction we ought to go and how we're called to mature. And so today I want to look at 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 13, where Paul reminds Timothy, hey, I've been your guide. I've been your teacher. There are these other teachers, you know, Hymenaeus and Philetus, and they're heretics and they're leading people into division and disease and death. But you have followed me and because you followed me, you have grown as I have grown nearer to Christ. This might sound like arrogance on the part of Paul, but it's just honesty. We all recognize that if we want to grow, we need to find teachers that are healthy and can lead us into growth and health ourselves. So I want to look at three things today. First, I want to look at the teaching that Paul communicated and why it actually led Timothy into health and leads us into health. Second, I want to look at the conduct of Paul's life and how character matters. And third, I want to look at how Paul points directly to his suffering and persecutions as the very way that he taught Paul how to be a disciple. So if you would, please turn with me to 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 13. And I know we started in a rather silly introduction, but now let's get to a rather serious topic. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecution and suffering that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. From them, all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul begins with the statement, you, however, have followed my teaching. Now, if you weren't here for the past two weeks, or if you don't remember what we talked about, because, you know, half the time I don't remember what I said two weeks ago, uh, we've been talking about this, this great issue in the early church, in the church even today, that there are a group of rogue teachers, you know, Hymenaeus and Philetus, and they're breeding disease in the body of Christ, division in the body of Christ. And Paul is doing something that we're really uncomfortable with doing. He says, don't listen to them, right? Today in our, in our modern culture, we tend to say they mean well, you know, let's just kind of, you know, point out maybe positive things about them and move on quickly. Paul's like, just don't listen to them. Don't have anything to do with them. They're not going to lead you to health. 
Shut that out. And he then has the audacity to say, you should actually listen to me and my teaching. And he says in verse 10 of chapter 3, you, however, have followed my teaching. Now, to the modern reader, this can come off as arrogance, but we have to recognize that this is actually just honesty about how life works. Those who we follow, their teaching forms us. It creates us. 